the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're married, give a good and warm, safe greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good, warm morning, hug or welcome with a special social distancing safety, of course, to your children and to all those who you live with. Do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Good Holy Sunday morning, my dear brothers and sisters. Again and again, always we begin with the Bereshit, the Bereshit or in the beginning. And uh, remember now in the uh, Gospel of St. John, the Bereshit in um, Hebrew means in Archi in the Greek language. So if you read the very first verse of the Gospel of St. John, you will see the word in the beginning was the word enarchike or logos, we say in Greek. And with that, we mean that the newness of life, God created the entire universe by his word in the beginning, which is the book of Genesis. And then in the book of St. John, God renewed the creation of the entire world by in the beginning being the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Then the word became a flesh and dwelt amongst us. In a clear, clear, clear um, statement, uh, the Holy Gospel is telling us that God is with us. Immanuel. In, in, in Aramaic we say Amanuel. Amanuel. With us is the Lord. In such a way, let us begin our uh, morning by praising the Lord and saying, God, come to my assistance, O Lord. Make haste to help me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Today, before we continue our conversation with our wonderful guest uh, from Tremont in Austria, uh, Dr. Christian Fonquizo, um, who is the president and rector of Catholic University, ITI, in Tremont, Austria, and president of the International Catholic Legislators Network, I'd like us to pray Psalm 2. Because today we continue with the defining battle of the 21st century, specifically speaking about religious freedom and the freedom of conscience. But today we're going to cover with him a little bit about uh, these attempts in the world that are trying to bully Christianity. It seems there is a movement in nations, in academia, in business society, in civil society, in uh, activist groups to bully the church, bully Christianity or accuse Christianity and religion in general of, of many things. It's almost we are the obstacle to life and somehow, which is a big lie. We should rebuke and reject this lie. With this, um, I want us to pray Psalm 2 and then pick up our conversation 
with uh, Dr. Christian uh, to say, can American Catholicism, can American Christianity in general survive the totalitarianism and keep its robust faith? Can this happen? With that, let us pray in Psalm 2 because it will inspire us. Why do nations conspire? And the people's plot in vain. The kings of the earth rise up, and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. At the end of the show, we will play the remaining part of this um, Psalm 2. Dr. Christian, good holy morning to you. Good morning, Father. I know it sounded a little bit tough as, as a psalm, but inspired by the prayer of the psalm, I think at the end, it seems that religion wins over nations. Is, am I saying a correct statement? Well, I think, I think it, one should phrase it a little bit differently. It's not so much that religion wins over nations. It's the personal faith and the faithful relationship that individuals have with God, that is what wins the peace and what wins the justice in nations. But it's not any, so to say, religious system that, that, wins, that wins from nations. It's the, the, the individuals that are faithful to their God and that are faithful to Christ. That is what wins. Could this be called um, the true religion? Could be called the true faith? Well, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Christ is the way, the truth, and life. There is no doubt about that. And every Christian believes that, because if not, what would be the sense of it? That is amazing. Many people, doctor, uh, enjoyed uh, our, our show together, especially in the last part in which we were talking about uh, when we discuss with moral relativism, when we're discussing things in regard to what's happening in the world today and how Christianity is being perceived. You stated, quoting Pope Francis, that um, you know many of the religious arguments have honestly been abused, have been overused somehow, which is a swaying little bit Christianity from its merciful and its uh, righteous entity of, of being uh, the source and the foundation of nature, of reason, of law, uh, the human argument of nature, the conscience, the biology. Um, you also uh, quoted that in Christianity, specifically in Catholicism, um, we, we don't um, order laws. We just point out to nature and reason of law, exactly. religious yeah. freedom as well. Uh, in this context, today we want to speak about the totalitarianism and the, will the American Christianity survive this 
wave, this tsunami that is coming of totalitarianism that is a charging Christianity in all its forms of all the crimes, basically, of all the bad things, of all the scandals, of all the corruption, of all the things that are happening in the world. Based on that definition between Pope Francis and what you highlighted, can Christianity in America survive? Well, again, the answer there lays, lies with the Christians themselves, with us Christians ourselves, and not with the outside world. And I think it's good to here look very quickly at what would be the definition of totalitarianism for those who don't necessarily know the difference between totalitarianism, dictatorship, despotism, tyranny. You have all these, you have all these uh, different words. But totalitarianism, I think we should better speak about what we would call soft totalitarianism. So soft. totalitarianism that doesn't necessarily go uh, paired what we know from the Soviet Union, what we know from communist China, where it goes together with a lot of violence. Um, totalitarianism can be soft or hard totalitarianism, and it is a system that tolerates no individual freedom and seeks to control subordinate and direct all aspects of life. And there you immediately see that we are dealing in the West and also in the United States with a soft totalitarianism that, of course, is specifically being advanced by big tech and big media. And we see that, of course, in the staggering amount of censorship that the likes of YouTube and Twitter are today uh, employing which is really something that I don't think we've ever seen before in history. And wow. your question as to can Christianity survive, of course it will survive, but it requires from us to be a little bit smarter and in finding the right language. I don't know if you know the book uh, by Rod Dreher, who his newest book, so it's the, he, he wrote this famous book, uh, The Benedict Option. Yes, he absolutely. He recently published a new book called live not by lies, a manual for Christian dissenters. And he makes an observation, which I fully agree with in his introduction. And he says that we live in a time that is post-Christian. And most people don't really understand anymore the religious argument. But also, and I quote him, they will not even understand why they should tolerate dissent based in religious belief. That is already how far we have come. So because we have come so far, I think there are two things that we need to do. First, and I've said that on earlier shows with you too, Father, we Christian laity especially, but the counts also for the hierarchy, have to be much, have to be much more consistent in the way we live our faith. Yes. Uh, as Saint Francis give give says, better witness, right? We have to give much better witness. We're, we're very sloppy at that. And, uh, you know, as Saint Francis said, if you know, if you want to give uh, witness, use words only when strictly necessary. So that's that's the starting point of it all. Is we we have to become much much clearer and much more convincing in the witness in the way we live, in the way we are, and the way we interact. Uh, Doctor Christian um, from uh, from Kizo, from the president and rector of ITI Catholic University in Trumont, Austria, president of the International Catholic Legislators Network, is with us on this good Sunday morning with Father Andre, and uh, we are talking about the defining battle in the 21st century: religious freedom and freedom of conscience. And we're covering this question about. Uh, 
would American Christianity, uh, Catholicism, all its forms of Christianity survive the totalitarianism and keep its robust faith? And I think I could summarize what you said, Doctor, because I like this is amazing what you're doing. You're really guided by the Holy Spirit and the people's minds are being enlightened this Sunday morning. First, you said, yes, it will survive. It will survive because the answer lays in the heart of every Christian. So it's a choice we make. Nobody can impose on us whether we survive or not. We have to be robust in our personal faith. We have to choose the Christian option that we live as faithful citizens of the kingdom of heaven while we are as well faithful citizens here on earth. Two, you said we have to find almost the right language because Three, we live in a post-Christian time, basically not in Christian time. And four, and most importantly, um, we have to be much more consistent in the way we are living the faith because we've been a little bit sloppy, sloppy in, in, in the way we have lived our faith. Uh, Dr. Christian, in the academia, in the academia, we need the help of the academics. Where are the Christian thought leaders today? Because it feels like they are in a cul-de-sac, uh, all these Christian intellectuals. It seems like they, it's almost like somebody living in a dead-end road, and they have their own private home of thought process, and they're happy. They do not want to challenge. They do not want to go back to the main road. It's almost like a choice to be almost isolated. What is the option today in the academia? Where are those Christian thought leaders? Well, of course, in the United States, there, there are a couple of great minds, certainly. I mean, let, let me first, of course, reiterate that. But I think your point is valid. And it requires, we spoke about that on the last show, it requires this gift of courage from us. It's we have to dare to come out to speak up and not be afraid of the cancel culture and not be afraid of the new speak and the new orthodoxy that does not want certain things to be said or not to be said. And we have to overcome the fear of all that. And if enough of us do that, I think that will lead to a change. But even more importantly, as we go about that, and I mentioned that during our last conversation, Father, and that is we have to be much smarter in the way we go about the argument, in the way we go about the discussion. And I would like to quote again, if you allow me, Father, the quote that I sure. read you last time from Pope Benedict, because that one helps me so much. And it's so clear because it's finding this language. Because if we accept that we live in a post-Christian society, we should stop throwing around religious arguments because nobody understands it. It's like speaking to somebody who doesn't hear you. It just doesn't make any sense. So we have to find, try to find the language in which we can, we can communicate with our fellow human beings. And there I'm always reminded of the, one of the greatest speeches, one of the greatest political speeches ever given, and that is Pope Benedict XVI in 2011 in a full-packed German parliament, where he addressed the members of parliament on the listening heart, on the foundations of law. And there he says something that is relevant for far beyond just the law. That's beautiful. And this is what he said. He said, unlike other great religions, Christianity has never proposed a revealed law to the state and to society. That is to say, a juridical order derived from revelation. Instead, it has pointed to nature and reason as the true sources of law. 
nature and reason as the true sources of law. Now, we as Christians understand that nature and reason are obviously rooted in God because he is the creator of heaven and earth. He has created nature and he has given us reason to access nature and to understand nature. So we don't even need to speak about God or about our religious arguments. We simply need to go and point to nature, the reality of nature. It's all around us, the natural created order, but also the nature of the human being. Dr. Christian, this is a very, very appealing argument, but it is very dangerous because define nature today, for instance, for us. I know we will have further conversations, you and me, about this to enlighten the mind. The purpose of us on this Good Sunday Morning Show is definitely to bring hope to bring freedom to our faith, family, and community, to make us active citizens, not to remove us from the public square. We have to promote in this culture, in America, in the government system, in the academia, in the business society, uh, the wealth of God, the knowledge of God, uh, the beauty of God, and definitely the peace, the peace. That's what Christianity can offer to the world. When you say, quoting Pope Benedict, Christianity has pointed to nature and reason as two sources of law. And we do live in a post-Christian world. But today, in this um, soft totalitarianism, if you may want to call it, we see that religion is being offered to be subjected to the government. Religion is being offered to be morally relative, to be morally and somehow accepting of what in the past, under Christendom, was not acceptable. Extreme marginalization of religious teaching is expected now, and it's almost it has to come at the expense of personal affiliation of church leaders or of church members to political parties or to um, moral or immoral uh, parties, whatever those affiliations are. And definitely the church and the secularism are at battle, are at battle. If I follow your definition, quoting Pope Benedict, define nature today. Do we accept all these new social, medical, um, moral, biological, uh, the genderism, the abortion, the vaccine, all of these issues? How can we define nature? What is the best way, the safest way for Christianity? That's exactly the point. And you're, of course, absolutely right, Father, that one has to one one has to be very careful when one speaks about nature, uh, because it can mean a thousand things if you do not if you do not uh, define it well. And this is also, in in my view, what I think what Pope Benedict mean, meant to speak about it in this combination, namely accessible by reason. And he goes further. He goes further, and I think this is uh, this is important to add this to understand because he says. It naturally presupposes that this is rooted in the creative reason of God. So we, of course, have to understand nature as it is rooted in the creative reason of God. This is also what I said before. And reason helps us to understand that. You were just, for example, speaking about the whole issue of Uh, genderism eh? and and the whole transgenderism movement. That is a very clear example of where we simply need to point to nature. Nature has created us as man or as woman eh? 
from the moment of conception, it is already known at that moment that the new human life comes into existence. It is already known whether it will be male or female. It's just a fact of nature. That's just pure biology. That people at later times in life might have different feelings. That can very well be. But that doesn't change the fact of nature and the fact of biology. That's, I think, an argument one can have with other people. One can debate about that, and one should debate about that. I, I, we should I wanna, not be afraid of that debate. Um, Dr. Christian, you see that in the West, the persecution is almost intellectual. It's conceptual. It's about freedom uh, and somehow, freedom of religion and somehow. While in the East and in the rest of the world, today you have 380 million Christians under severe persecution. Lebanon, the last stronghold of Christianity, is suffering from major famine, similar for the one that happened in 1914 during World War I, upon which 230,000 Christians have died from famine. In Nigerian Christianity, people are being killed every day, losing homes and losing children um, to battle, to being kidnapped, to human trafficking, Boko Haram, the Fulanis, and movement, the movement Al-Shabaab. Um, in South Sudan, I believe that the Holy Father's new appointee as a bishop was shot before his, um, I believe, uh, installation as a bishop, and they had to postpone the installation of the new bishop in South Sudan, if I'm not mistaken. The Apostolate of Our Lady of Hope, the Mission of Hope and Mercy, um, has been running this major campaign, Feed a Family, Save a Nation. And we made a documentary, 44 minutes documentary, about the crisis in Lebanon and how it is affecting the people. Dr. Christian, is it really safe that while we are fighting over concept of freedom, the rest of the world is deprived of the reality of it. Do you see this? Oh, yes, I see this. And in a way, all these um, battles, these intellectual battles, if, if I might call them that, but also these social battles that we are having in, in Western privileged countries are, of course, uh, unbelievable You know, in the face of the really bloody persecution and bloody suffering that is going on. It's almost a sort of luxury problem that we are dealing with. And it, of course, shows how far away we are from reality in our comfortable Mm -hmm. Western rich countries. We are so far away from the reality and the suffering in the rest of the world. So there is a positive shock. Carried away. There is a positive shock in the West happening, but we have to bring into their attention the suffering of the Christians in the world. I want to give you less opportunity. We have a few minutes because uh, you're the man to go to honestly in these things. So the dialogue, the dialogue in America, that the church will survive the soft totalitarianism, and actually it might end up leading in the post-Christianity uh, the same vision of God for the humanity, the plan of salvation. Will there be a dialogue with the secular thought leaders, between Christian leaders and thought leaders? Are you willing to be part of such a dialogue? Oh, absolutely, because we, all human beings, whether we are Christians or not Christians, we're all created in the image and likeness of God, and God loves us all. So we should be always wanting to enter into dialogue with our fellow human beings, even if we fundamentally disagree with them. But that, of course, requires from all involved to be really 
willing to go into this debate and to this conversation. And Father, that is exactly where we are at such an important uh, point on the road, because in our Western societies, we are ever more moving in the direction where such debate and such discussion is no longer made possible because people don't want to hear the other's opinion. And that, that, sounds, that, that counts for everybody involved. And the first thing we need to do is to accept that people can think differently, people can think wrong, but the only way to dialogue, as you say, is if both parties in the dialogue have a strong inner conviction of their own that they are not willing to easily give up and both are willing to listen. To listen. Dialogue is certainly not going to help when I give up my own conviction for the sake of peace. Dr. That's Christian, not a good dialogue. You are the man to go to, as my friend Peter Bowles would always say. You're the man. You really, you're the man. And you showed and you proved to the people that a Christian thoughts cannot be intimidated. We are actually free from intimidation. We are courageous. Right. We are robust in our faith, and we are consistent in living in our faith. And I want to thank you. Know, you know, maybe, Father, maybe very quickly I may say that. You know that it's actually an insult to your dialogue partner when you give up your own conviction for the sake for the of the dialogue it's an insult because then you say to the other person oh i don't care about the conviction not by my own and not of yours so i'm just giving it up it's it's an insult we invite them not to insult us but to communicate for peace and for the god's sake god bless us all on this good sunday morning Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 6 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Father Andre.